Let's begin in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11.1. God's ideas are not the same as man's ideas unless man got his ideas from God. (laughs) God's ways are not the same as man's ways unless man got his ways from God. God's thoughts are not the same as man's thoughts unless man gets his thoughts from God. And if you got a God thought, it's a good thought. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. It didn't originate with you. You're not good apart from what you receive from the Lord. Even Jesus himself said, when they said, good teacher, he said, oh, no, there is none good but God. He's like, don't even mistake the reality that all of the good works, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all. is not say how Jesus anointed himself. It's how God anointed Jesus. And that anointing caused him to do good. And so, and Jesus said, there is none good but God. He's always like, I love him. He's always changing your, your focus and your direction. Like, okay, let's not look at all this stuff. Let's look at him. Yeah, I see all that. Uh, you know, when he's, uh, sometimes when he's ministering, remember, was it uh, Dorcas? I'm trying to remember who it was. He went to the family, going to raise her up, and he, he made the family stand outside. He said, you go wait outside. Why? Well, sometimes if people are just going to focus on the natural, what they see, and in Lazarus' case, what they smell, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you, sometimes as, as a family member, you're so close to the situation, you kind of need to not turn off, but maybe go into neutral. And, and uh, if you've been like living, eating, and breathing that thing for days, you know, uh, you, you kind of like, how do I overcome this? I know uh, Brother Haynes, one of the most amazing testimonies Brother Hagen had was a man that... Um, I was in his church and gave over 30% of his income into the church. And he said, I know, because I had to sign an affidavit for the IRS because they couldn't believe anybody gave that much money to the church. <laughs> well, he was, Brother Hagan had been out on his job visiting him and left, and about 10 minutes later, he gets a, a somebody saw him and uh, said, hey, uh, he had an accident. They think he's dead. Brother Haynes was the guy's name, and uh, he's like, no, he didn't. I, I was just there. I just saw him. He said, well, it just happened. So he goes back and goes back to where the guy was working, and sure enough, he was up on a derrick for the oil, in the oil fields and fell off and fell down. The doctor said, I thought he's dead, but he's barely hanging on to life. And, um, you know, uh, so to make a long story short, um, Brother Haynes' wife was there and said, uh, isn't it good that we have inside information? And she meant inside information inside the Word of God. That even though the doctor says he's basically dead or hanging, hanging by a thread, that she's saying, that's her faith speaking. It, it's substantive. 
She said, this is what I believe. Oh, I love that as a pastor. Yeah. I'm going to pray for somebody. I'm trying to find out. In case you want to know, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to find out what do you believe. Right. <laughs> you know, because if I can find out what you believe, well, you can receive what you can believe. So then I know I can believe with you, but I know I can actually take you up higher sometimes. So anyhow, uh, uh, is in a hospital. He stayed there day and night for three days. By about the third day, uh, Brother Haynes' wife, this is why I'm telling this story, she got fatigued, tired. She's so close to the situation. And he said, why don't you go home? I'll stay here. I, I, I'll pray for him. You go home and you get rest. Because why? Well, he said, well, she was, um, her, her faith was really kind of getting shaky. So it changed the atmosphere in the room. So he said, you go home, you relax, uh, rest, I, I'll pray for him. You know, when it's uh, physically tired, when you get physically tired, sometimes it's hard to yield to spiritual things. And uh, a lot of people would do a lot better if they would get rest. <laughs> physical rest, I'm talking about physical rest. And so, uh, but then that's the night that uh, he said, uh, you know, I was in the room and I fell, I fell asleep because he was getting tired. And uh, every time he'd fall asleep, Brother Haynes would start to die. And the instruments would start to record. He's dying, you know, he's dying. And uh, he'd wake up and, and, and uh, he'd pray. And he said, then I found myself, I found myself praying. In other words, he didn't premeditate this. This just kind of came out of his spirit. He said, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. And he said, I couldn't, I was shocked I said that. He said, I'm not going to let him die. And he said, you know, First of all, he gives 30% of his income into the church. If we lose his income, we're sunk. <laughs> what are we going to do? So I need him. We need him here. But I'm not the head of the church. You're the head of the church. So if I need him, you need him. Right? And so and he said, second of all, he's a Sunday school superintendent. He said everybody else, which is over all the curriculum and the learning and the Sunday schools and, and uh, different things like that. And he said... Uh, Everybody else, he said, we've had other Sunday school superintendents, but every single uh, one of the other ones, they were just a figurehead. I did all the work, <laughs> and they held the position. He said, this man actually does it. And if there's anybody missing, he goes and he personally visits them every week. He said, I need him. If I need him, you need him because we're doing your work. It's your church. And uh, so every time he'd start to slip off, he'd kind of do this. Well, um, the point I was trying to make is uh, sometimes uh, you, you get fatigued or you're too close to the natural part of the situation. You've got to kind of draw back for a second so you can stay in faith. And, um, you know, Peter found this out walking on the water. Man, I love Peter. He said, Lord, you just speak, just tell me to walk on the water. Well, Peter must have known if I can just hear you say it. I have solid ground on what nobody else would say is solid, if you just say it. But it says, then when he saw the wind and the waves, you know, he got his focus off of Jesus that he began to sink. Um, and it says, Jesus reached down and grabbed him. I love Jesus. He'll grab you. You know, you start out walking in the, on the word, all of a sudden you start something, he's going to grab you. He's going to save you from sinking. He's a good God. Uh, okay, so let me just finish that story real quick, and then we'll go on with the main part of the message. So, you know, uh, Brother Haynes ends up uh, being raised up, and he said he came to church and gave his testimony. 
And uh, when Brother Hagin said those things, he was out in the hallway. He wasn't even in his room, and he's saying, I'm not going to let him die. <laughs> and uh, so he's in church giving his testimony. When he gives a testimony, he said, uh, uh, you know, don't feel anybody bad for anybody that dies and goes to heaven. He said, I didn't feel a thing. He said, I knew I was falling. Next thing I know, I woke up, I'm in heaven. And he said, I'm getting ready. I'm talking to Jesus. I'm getting ready to go through the gates. And Jesus says, you're going to have to go back. And he said, I don't want to go back. And he said, well, you're going to have to go back. He said, I don't want to go back. He said, you're going to have to go back. And then he said it was like he pulled back a curtain. And when he pulled back the curtain, he didn't see, but he heard Brother Hagin say, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. And then he was back in his body. Wow, we have authority as believers. Tremendous authority. So he said, so he said I'm not going to let him die. Boy, that's a good intro story. Verse 1 of Hebrews uh, chapter 1. No, excuse me, 11 1. Hebrews 11 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is our theme uh, verse, our main verse for this whole series we're going to do here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I heard uh, Dad Hagen say for all the years I was with him, this is a definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm laughing because then uh, uh, sometimes people get so smart, you know, they know more than the Bible. So a particular Bible teacher, uh, you know, said, this is not the definition of faith. And so you start to think, somebody teaching that, actually, the Bible school in Rhema. So uh, it's real interesting that the president says one thing and the other people say something else. Um, but the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And um, so I thought I hear him say that. How do you mean, like, that's the definition of faith? And so the, the person at Ramah said, well, that's what faith does. That is not what faith is. That's what faith does. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right, so just chew on that for a minute. Um. You know, I like Smith Wigglesworth. He said, um, any man can be changed by faith no matter how he may be bound or fettered. He used over and fettered, you know. It's just like chained up, bound up. So any situation, if you've got bondage in any form, well, uh, financial, financial uh, things can be a bondage. You know, you can't go any further if you don't have the finances, when I went to Bible school, they said, you know, if you feel, I was in the missions group, so they said, if you feel called to another country, the, the thing that you need to do first is get out of debt. Because that is going to, you know, bind you up. It's going to kind of be a noose. You're going to be dragging this weight around. You don't need to be worrying about that when you're uh, in some foreign land, some foreign country trying to minister for the Lord. And um, so there's many kind of bondages. There's mental bondages, of course. And those things will, will hinder you and um, um, can destroy you. 
And it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So you don't put up with one little thing from the devil and you give him access by yielding to your flesh. Devil can't touch a believer. But if you let him think his thoughts through your mind, and then you start to speak those, you start to believe those thoughts, and you start to speak those things out, the devil will destroy your life. Brother Higgins, you say, ransack your life. So the devil has no power of the believer who lives in Christ. He can't do a thing. So he has to get you out of that consciousness, out of that understanding, and he works through circumstances, physical things, a lot of times lack of money, different things. But there is not a bondage, whether it's a physical problem in your body, whether it's a financial problem, whether it's a mental problem, whether it's a spiritual problem, there is not one thing that faith in God has not already got the answer for. And as soon as you act on faith by faith in God, you are free from that thing. Those chains lose all their power. Well, uh, some ways you can stir that up is... well. You know, Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, 25, they're in prison. They've been beaten and they're shackled. Okay, so they're in a very naturally horrible situation and just for doing what God said. And like, uh, I don't know if, I think it's Pastor Mark said, you know, if they've been like most believers nowadays, they, no, it's Brother Hagin actually, if they've been most like believers nowadays, they've been like, well, we must have missed God. Obviously, because something bad happened to us. So obviously, if, if we walk by faith, nothing bad ever will happen to us. Everything will come easy. Everything will be real simple. No, actually, if you live by faith, you might have more challenges than if you don't live by faith. But every challenge has been overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we enter into the same faith that Jesus operated with, and we overcome every single obstacle that the devil puts in our way. You might check a little bit of his theology, but basically the essence of what he's saying is true. Andre Crouch, the Lord gave him a song, you know. He said uh, something about, uh, I thank God for the mountains. I thank God for the valleys. I thank God for the what difficult times that he has brought me through. Because if I didn't have those things, I wouldn't know what faith in God's word could actually do. God's not putting mountains and valleys in your way. That's the devil. But you might as well turn it on the devil and say, well, praise God. Like James said in James chapter 1, count it all joy when you face tests and trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith, oh, it puts something into you. And you're like, you know what? Faith in God will change this situation. You just watch, devil. Did you forget? Just watch. Watch what God's going to do. So Acts 16, 25 Never forget God is God. And the reason that you don't have is because you don't ask or you ask with the wrong motives. <laughs> Remember that? I was in a, uh, visiting some friends one time and they had a little home group at their house and they were studying something and they were part of a very well-known uh, uh, faith church. 
and a so-called faith church. It's really, faith is just a word church, really, but anyhow. Um, and uh, somebody in the group asked for prayer, and uh, they're all just like, um, it was a husband-wife situation. They're trying to make a decision, and um, he was a jockey, uh, you know, would ride the horses. Most of us are too big to be a jockey. There's a few people that might be small enough, but most of us are too big. <laughs> Anyhow, so um, he had an opportunity to progress in his field. That meant they'd have to move to uh, New York, and I think he'd ride at Madison Square Garden or something like that. Is that what it was? I think it was. Anyhow, well, um, he wanted to progress in his field, but he's married. And so everybody in the group was kind of like... Uh, or a majority of the people in the group, probably about 10 or 12 people, said, well, <laughs> you know, let, let, let's thank God that you um, get a position at Madison Square Garden. Let's just thank God for that. And um, I'm watching this man's wife, and I'm kind of getting uneasy in my spirit because she is like, she is not there. And they're like, all right, so let's. Uh, let's do that. Listen, Lord, we thank you that we're, we thank you that this is, you know, and then she's, she's like, well, I'm not real sure about all this. Like, she kind of stopped him. So I'm not real sure about this. And they said, well, he's your husband. You, you need to follow what your husband's doing. And she's all the time trying to like, hey, hey, hey. And they're like, Lord, we just thank you that she knows that this is what she should do. And we just thank you that she's this. We thank you this. And I'm like, my Lord, that's like spiritual manipulation or like what in the world is that? Some people find out about faith and we know that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. So Lord, we thank you that we are healed and all those, they'll never ask for anything. They just thank the Lord. Well, you got to ask. In other words, don't ever forget like Paul and Silas, they didn't say, Lord, we thank you that we're free. It says they prayed and sang praises to God. In other words, they turned the situation over to the Lord. Otherwise, why do we need to pray? Why does the Bible say even pray? If you could just thank God because everything's done in redemption, why even pray? Now, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can thank the Lord. In that particular situation, you're talking about somebody's will. Well, if you could override somebody's will, wouldn't the Lord want to do that? Because he is so, well, I, say, I was going to say because he's so good, but if he's good, he wouldn't do that. But, well, you don't understand all the particulars, so people just do a lot of foolish things, and they refuse to receive Christ. They're going to end up in hell if they don't receive Christ, and God knows the end from the beginning, so why doesn't he just override their will and just force them to be saved? Because he is love, and it's impossible for the love of God to do that. God never will force you. But boy, he'll give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. He will move on other people for your behalf to speak words in the earthly atmosphere that will bring freedom and bring deliverance and bring revelation and bring light. But he will never force you. So I'm like, this is not the, this is not the will of God, you know. So I'm like actually in turmoil in this prayer group. I mean, this, this group they're having and I'm, we're praying. And I'm just like, they're like, anybody lead out, you know, da, da, da. Anybody can pray. So I'm there. I'm actually getting upset. I do not like manipulation. So we're praying. And um, the Lord puts something on my heart to, 
to, to pray out. You know, and I'm like, well, Lord, I'm in someone else's whole territory. I'm in a different state. I don't even live in this state. And um, I said, if you want me to pray that, I kind of gave him a challenge. If you want me to pray that, you're going to have to have them call on me by name and say, I think, you know, you have something you need to pray. And I know more got that out of my heart into his ears. And they said, uh, Tim, I think you might have something. Why don't you pray it out? And I'm like, dear Lord. So I just said, Lord, we first of all, we ask you because you said to ask you in your word. And uh, so pray some other things for her and them and stuff. And, but uh, I think the Lord has a sense of humor. But no, never, like, get so expert in faith. It's just, it's just uh, if you think about it, it's, I would say unnatural, but it's, it's not ungodly is probably a better word, is that people who are endeavoring to live by faith forget to consult God. That's not possible to live by faith and not consult God. If faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, the word of God is, is the word is rhema. It's kind of what God's revealing to you at the moment. So if I'm praying for someone, even though I know healing is the will of God, I want to know what he says at the moment. Because do you, do you ever notice that words from God, when, when he takes and he kind of smears himself on one of his words, anoints one of his words, and that word just, just is full of light that you could have heard that word a thousand times before, but right there in that situation, that word is so alive that you can't see it any other way. And you actually see, no, this is it. So, so we need a word from God because just one word from God will change darkness into light, will change distress into joy. In other words, you can be in a distressful situation where things, natural things, all around you are horrible. Maybe you're in a deep pit, in a dungeon, wet, beaten, cold, and you just, oh Lord, once again I'm, I'm living not my own life, I'm living your life. I turn myself over to you, we turn ourselves over to you, and Lord, we thank you and we praise you with a loud voice so all the prisoners heard, and then what happened? Oh, not just did the walls fall, fall down. They weren't going out dragging these shackles with them. The shackles fell off and the walls fall down, fell down. But you know what they did? So they ran as fast as they could away so they wouldn't have any of that scent on them. Actually, they stayed there. Free, but they stayed there. Why? So they could reach the lost. <laughs> and then what happened? The guy in charge of the jail and his whole family. God transformed that family. See, the devil does more than one thing at a time. He will get someone to commit suicide. Then he'll get every friend to think, oh, it's my fault. I didn't say something to them. Or if I'd have been there, then this wouldn't have happened. I could have stood in my authority. Or, you know, uh, oh, I said something bad to them or family members or, you know, all these questions. And then those people kind of go insane. And then sometimes their kids think, well, that's going to happen to me. So then they start saying that's going to happen to me. And then they start getting suicidal and all these things happen. Well, God does multiple things at the same time. The devil doesn't come up with anything original. He's just 
just a copycat and poor at it and degrades it and flips it and makes it horrible. But God's like, he's setting, um, you know, Paul and Silas free. And while he's setting them free, he's setting the other prisoners free. And, and the other prisoners heard the same thing that the jailer heard. So, oh, what happened? They heard the word because, you know, if Paul and Silas were praying, they were praying the word. If they were praising, they're probably praising the word. So now the word's being sown. How do you think the Philippian jailer could get born again? How can they be saved unless they first hear? How can they hear unless they're sent? So actually Paul and Silas must have been sent on a mission from God and they could have thought, oh, this obviously isn't God because it's not good. Well, just because the circumstances aren't your preference, at times Jesus didn't even have a pillow. But he was very prosperous. So, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so faith is in the realm of the unseen. Faith is in the realm of the unseen. All right, I need you to do something for me during this series. You know, what you want to live by is like, what does the word say? Everything in your life, you just ask, what does the word say? No matter the situation, no matter what's happening, what does the word say? That should be the question in your heart. But the question in your heart is not what does the word say as a law. Don't ask what does the word say as a law. In other words, well, I have to do this. This is what the word says, so it has to be this way. But you ask what does the word say as life. The life of God is in the word of God. And you say, wait a second, if I can just get the word of God on this situation, the power of God, the life of God, the nature of God is going to just pour into this situation. So if I can just find out, Jesus, what did you say? What did you mean? Help me grab hold of this in my inner man. I want this to be part of me just like it was part of you, like you were the word flesh. I want to be the word in the flesh. And so it's not as a law, very important, not as a law, but as life. So I'm reaching out to the Lord through the word. I need the word on this, but I need the word as life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, Lord, I'm like, Lord, what is, what is coming out of your mouth right now? Give me ears to hear and eyes to see. Because there is a natural hearing, and that could begin the process if you allow it to become an inward hearing on the inside. Um, praise the Lord. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, okay, let's, let's, where we're going is we're going to talk about substance, uh, really, most of the time. But I have to lay some groundwork. So, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, so, faith, people that are living by faith and acting in faith, they might say something like, you say, how do you know that's what you should do? Or how do you know that's true? Well, I can't really explain it to you. I just know that I know. And when you know that you know, you got to check up and make sure that 
when you think you know that you know that you actually know that you know. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, but it's actually true. Like, you know on the inside. Um, thank you, Lord. So, um, let me talk about hope for a second. Because sometimes people, I've heard people uh, that, that were mildly used of the Lord say hope is, uh, what they say, like uh, the opposite of faith or something like that, and that's not biblical. Faith, uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for, so actually you have to have hope before you can have faith. So don't ever throw out hope. Hope is so important. Let me give you an example. I hope to live in integrity. I have a hope that I would live an integrous life. In other words, I'm going to do what's right whether anybody ever knows or finds out or not because it is right. So I'm going to do what's right, live a life of integrity. I have a hope to live a life of integrity. I have a hope to walk in love. So, so you get the God kind of love, not natural human love, but the God kind of love. So, so I have a hope to walk in love. These are all really good hopes that we should all have. Um, I have a hope for provision. I have a hope to impart the things of God into my children. I have a hope to be a godly man and live a godly life. Uh, I have a hope to do the plan of God. I have a hope to be a bold witness. Uh, I have a hope to let loose in worship. Uh, you have a hope to dot, 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 fill in the blank. Okay. Well, those are good hopes. You know, I have a hope to have a child. I have a hope to, you know, provide for my parents. I have a hope to bless my parents. I have hope, you know, and so, but... Hope is not solid ground. Hope is not physical substance. I have a hope that my brain will function properly. Okay? I have a hope that I'll remember what I need to remember. Well, those are all good things. But faith is the substance or the materiality of it. So, so what? Well... I don't know what's all made up in, uh, to make glass, but I know a big portion of glass is sand. Maybe it's all sand. I, I don't know. Don't correct me right now. Just correct me later. <laughs> but if I'm going to have glass, I'm going to have to have a lot of sand, the substance. And so a faith is the substance of things that you hope for. And faith itself, we never have faith in faith. Faith is always in God, the God kind of faith. You have faith in God. So sometimes people want to, they're trying to get faith by studying about faith. But really to get faith, you have to study about God. Now you could get faith in how faith works. You understand what I'm saying? When the Bible talks about how faith works, what faith does, those type of things. But really if you want faith, what you want is God. You find out God is a good God. I was telling a friend yesterday, I said, you know, you ever think of having faith in the goodness of God? How are you going to get faith in the goodness of God? 
Well, you're going to have to hear what God, the, his word says about his goodness, about his character. Jesus is Lord. What does Lord mean? Ultimate in authority and ultimate in character. Jesus is the highest authority. He has the highest character. Well, think of the character of God. God is a good God. And everything he does is good. And every good gift comes from him. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the solid ground that you can't see and you can't feel, but you know it's more real than what you can see and what you can feel. Faith is the substance. So you see someone acting in a certain way and doing a certain thing, you say, how do they do that? We say, because they're acting in faith. In other words, there is more substance to what God has said so that you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I just know that I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. A.B. Simpson, you know, I love his testimony of healing. And I, and I, I found out I was kind of saying part of it wrong. I thought he would just be so tired of his heart problems. Uh, he was a preacher that... Uh, after he preached, he'd have to wait till Wednesday to recover, but actually he waited till Saturday before he had just enough strength to get back in the pulpit. And he was a Presbyterian minister. <clears throat> and, um, but people in his church started getting healed. So he started to have a hope. Before that, he didn't have a hope to be healed. I mean, the only hope was the doctors. And they said, there's no hope. It would be bad if the doctor says there's no hope if Jesus didn't say there is hope and there is substance and I have healed you. Thank God. Think about that. If he never said that and he never went about doing it, he never accomplished it, you couldn't be healed supernaturally. So anyhow, he heard about it. and uh, So he thought, you know what? I'm going to get this thing settled. I have a little place I go on vacation further up north. So he went up further north. And for two weeks, he went through the word of God and read every scripture about healing and then he wrote his declaration out see it all happens through words it's either words that you speak or words that you write your faith is expressed through that so the substance of his faith was I have come to see that just Jesus healed in his work of redemption, the physical body, just the same way that he saved man's spirit. And I take him this day as my healer as I've already taken him as my Lord. And he declared that. He was solid on it from only two weeks of studying healing scriptures. Think about that. All that time... He could have done it a long time ago. <laughs> so then he said my favorite quote from him. He said, whether my body felt any different at the moment, I know I didn't care. Because I knew he had it in his hand. I don't believe he lied. He said, I knew I didn't care. What is that? I would call that supernatural substance of faith. So he's like, whew, I'm not worried about it anymore. It's taken care of. Everybody around him say, well, what, what, you know. 
including the devil, because then he got up and he spoke about a week later and talked about his testimony. We overcome how? The mercy of God, the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. Whoa. You ever think about you have a testimony, the Lord does something in your life, and you tell people what the Lord did? Did you ever think about the word of your testimony being testifying to what God has revealed to you? Look at the, his testimony. He gave a testimony before a bunch of ministers before there was any physical evidence in his body. What? How could you do that? That is called faith. Not faith in faith, but he knew God. He's like, I knew he had it in his hand. If you know the character of God and you know he's got it, if we know he hears us when we pray, well, if we know he hears us, we know we have. So the second I pray, I know I have. So, well, aren't you going uh, to do this? Aren't you going to do that? Because I still see you got that problem. No, God's got it. Well, you find out the people around you sometimes. You ever have an awesome revelation and you try to share it with somebody and it just falls flat? You forgot the 20 other things the Lord was stirring in your heart. You just told them the very last thing. So they're not hearing everything you're hearing. Anyhow. <laughs> so then they said after he spoke and told his testimony, they said, hey, there's a mountain out there. Let's go climb the mountain. Well, then the devil came to his mind and said, they're going to all find out that you're a fake and you're a fraud, that you're not actually healed. Because you know you're not healed. And he said, as he's hiking up that mountain, he said, I was doing fine, I had strength, but then I would hear other people's conversation, and I would kind of get connected with other people's conversation, and when that happened, I'd start to feel my heart, and it was doing the same thing it was always doing. So I'd, I'd get my focus back on Jesus, and then I'd have strength. And he said, and I just kept walking in that, and I just kept focused on that. And he said, then all of a sudden, step by step, I started to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And by the time I got to the top of the mountain, every symptom left never to return. But he, he didn't get healed on that mountain. You understand that? He was not healed on the mountain. He was healed at his vacation place up in New England when he, he saw it and he believed he received. He said, Lord, I, t I receive you as my healer right now and he said at that moment when I did that I knew he had it so if you wonder if you are in faith you're not if you wonder if you're in faith you are not but if your mind is puzzled because you have such a peace and such a knowing that the whole thing is taken care of you probably are. In other words, that substance is more real. Okay, faith is now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then what does the Holy Spirit go on to inspire, I believe it was Paul, to say? He said, this is how we know that the world that does appear, that we see, was formed by that which does not appear. This is not a cult. This is scripture. In other words, we believe everything we see that appears came out of things that you can't see, that didn't appear. What? 
That's the substance of faith. So Pastor Mark likes to say, you know, when we get a church building and stuff like that, he'll probably come and say, like, you can take a bite out of the faith for that building because there's substance to it. How do you tell if your faith's working? It works. The results. So faith is the substance. Oh, we're going to have to... We're going to have to close. Amplified said, it is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. Another translation says title deed. Message says the firm foundation. New Living says it is, it shows the reality. Passion uh, says it turns hopes into realities. Uh, another translation says it turns dreams into deeds. It's banking your life on unseen realities. You think about it. Always take it back to when you were born again. I mean, I gave my life to someone I have never seen. And I listened to him all the time. And his word is true. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is believing? It is not a thought about God. It is not a feeling about God. Those things are external to the real you. Believing is not external, it is internal. It is something beyond reasoning. It's beyond reasoning. Reasoning is part of my being, feeling, uh, uh, that I, and the information that my senses receive, they're part of my being. They're things that I kind of carry with me. But this, this is not external to me. This is deep within me. This is part of me. It has roots on the inside of me. This is internal. This is part of my core being. Faith. Well, I got some good illustrations and good examples, but I better stop. Stand up with me if you would. Uh, the inspiration for this series came from a disturbance in the force. <laughs> so sometimes when I see things, ways that in your life, in ways that they should not be, I think, Lord, why is that? Because that's not your will. You don't even like that. You don't even desire that. And then I was very quickly reminded it's easy to get off track in faith. And so I, I'm, I like to be an honest person. I love honesty and I love humility. Uh, somebody, I heard somebody say the other week, you cannot humiliate someone who is humble. I thought, well, that's pretty good. <laughs> so if you ever get humiliated, you might check. <laughs> that humiliates me. Mm. Maybe it's good for you. So, um, so honesty is wonderful. So I would much rather somebody tell me, hey, I, I know you think that you're actually believing, but you're not. And believing is actually not hard. If you hear from God, believing is so easy. You're, you're made to believe, especially as a believer. I mean, that's your title, a believer. <laughs> I hope you do what you're titled as, you know. 
So believing is the simplest thing you ever do. But if you live in the realm of uh, reason and you, you live to gratify your flesh, uh, you'll kind of be pretty much hit and miss in believing. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. You're designed to believe. Best way I know to believe is you, you just feed on the word so much that you get so solid on it that you can't even see it another way. It's, and that's fun. Because my mind can figure lots of stuff out in my mind, so I like to toy with my mind. I mess with my own mind. I'll be like, look, watch, this is going to work. My mind will say, that ain't going to work. I said, no, it'll work. I've seen the Lord do it before. <laughs> so, but if you're trying to live by faith, uh, but the main thing that you feed on is natural reasoning and physical desires, fleshly desires, fleshly things. Well, you, you may hit it sometimes, but you're going to kind of stumble through life. But boy, there's no life like a life lived by faith. Uh, you get to watch things that you know if God didn't intervene, there would be no change, nothing would happen. But you know him in whom you have believed. And you know he is able to keep, listen, this is what A.B. Simpson did. He is able to keep that which you have committed to him. Well, maybe the thing is not kept. Maybe you haven't actually committed it to him. Maybe you kind of let things slip up on you. You're actually trying to make it happen. No, you just sit back and laugh and rejoice and live in the reality that, whoo, look what the Lord has done, you know? And like we said, even in the offering time, these things come by believing and speaking. So you just speak like A.B. Simpson. I know I have it. His speaking was in writing, and then he, he testified to it. Let's every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, if you're here in the room this morning, uh, and you've never given your life to the Lord, if you're online, you've never given your life to the Lord, never made Jesus your Lord, I don't care how long you've been coming to this church or any other church or what everybody else thinks, every individual must be born again. Every individual must give uh, dominion of their life over to the Lord Jesus Christ in order to go to heaven in order to be part of the family of God, in order to experience the goodness of God. You know, the Lord will do good things for the lost to bring them in. You know, the goodness of God is what leads you to repentance. But if you're going to live and dwell in that satisfaction, you've got to be a child of God. All, all consciousness of guilt and sin is removed from you. You're free. You, you'll never be free until you give your life to Jesus. <laughs> you'll never find your life, Jesus said, until you lose it. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to find life right now. He that finds Jesus finds life. When you find him, you'll find life. When you find him, you'll find your desires fulfilled. You'll, you'll find the answer. You'll find your purpose. You'll find your reason for being here. There is a reason. God has an assignment on every single person. There's not an exception. The way that you give your life to Jesus is you just believe that God is and that he sent Jesus to die on the cross to take away your sins, to make you right with him, and you confess Jesus as Lord. We're going to do that right now in about five seconds, and I want believers to do it with me. If you believe in your heart uh, what we're going to say with our mouth, you will be saved, you will be changed, you will be forgiven, you will be set free. Hallelujah. You might as well just receive healing if you got anything in your body at the same time. Say this. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe you sent him to die for me and that he took my sins on the cross. 
and that he set me free and made me right with you. Jesus, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for you. Father God, fill me with your spirit. Thank you that not only have you saved me, made me brand new, but you have delivered me from all the power of the enemy and from every sickness and every disease. In Jesus' name. All right, in the name of Jesus, if you had problems in your body or in your mind, you're free, just act like it. You'll find that that condition is dissipating and disappearing or immediately gone. Praise the Lord. We live by faith, more real than other things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then you just take the word as you go and you feed on the word in whatever area you had challenges because the devil tries to come back. The devil always tries to come back. You don't let him come back. You don't have to let him come back. You're a child of God. Jesus is Lord. Make that your confession. Jesus is Lord. It tries to come back. You say, no, Jesus is Lord. I, so I know you're trying to come back, but I'm not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Go talk to him. <laughs>